You're listening to the Fitness Matters Podcast with Paula B, and this is episode number 26. Well, good, good Sunday to you, my dear killer bees, or whatever day it is that you're listening to the Fitness Matters Podcast, because it really doesn't matter what day it is. It's always a good day for us to talk about the fitness matters that matter to you. And you guys, today, this one matters a lot. Learning to trust yourself is probably one of the nicest things that you can do for yourself just at all. I mean, fitness-wise, not fitness-wise, out in the world, out in the wild. Hands down, I think that learning to trust yourself is just such a kindness to yourself. And because it's a kindness to yourself, it is a kindness to the world. And I know that, I know that it sounds like such a funny topic, learning to trust yourself. I mean, you live in your own body. You know what you're going to do. You should trust yourself rather implicitly, right? And yet, and yet constantly, this is something that I hear so frequently and feel myself not as much as I used to. It's something that I have identified and worked through in so many areas of my life, fitness-wise, business-wise, personal relationship-wise. It has been an ongoing, lifelong learning for me, and therefore, it's something that I really wanted to talk to you about. Because as your personal trainer, as your best fitness friend, I hear you say, pretty frequently, well, I don't want to stop working out because I'm afraid I'll never come back to it. Or, well, once I get going on a diet, I don't want to take, you know, any kind of, any kind of detours because then I know I'll just quit. These kinds of ways where we are afraid of our own behavior, afraid of ourselves not following through or quitting or going back on our word to ourselves. These are all little tiny ways in which we are not getting what we want and not making progress towards our goals. It's an important step on your way to any goal to learn how to trust yourself. And and I know you know that, but I also know that it can feel as though these behaviors that we have, these things that we do, like they're just they're just part of our lives. I mean, that's just, you do actually kind of trust yourself to maybe make the wrong decision, or you kind of trust yourself to quit when things get hard, or you think you know that if you take a day off that it'll turn into five days off, because it always does. But I'm going to remind you of something. Sometimes things that we are thinking about ourselves, things that we know to be true, are actually not the truth at all. They are actually not facts. They are opinions. And this is the part in the podcast where I'm going to tell you that if you haven't listened to the facts versus opinions episode, that now is the time to go do so. This, this episode explains pretty much the foundation of everything that I believe in the world, about everything that we talk about here on the Fitness Matters podcast, about the things that we tell ourselves. We so often feel that something is simply a fact because we have so much evidence for ourselves 
themselves to prove it true, but it is, rather than a fact, simply an opinion or something that we believe about ourselves, but that can be proven, if you go looking for the evidence, either true or false. When you say, I always give up, well, sometimes you haven't. You might be finding the evidence for it because you can think of the three most recent times when such a thing happened and then you gave up. And you're not looking for, because of the way you've phrased it, you're not looking for the one or two times when you were able to push through and continue on. When we have these beliefs built up about ourselves, it's very difficult to trust that we'll be able to do the things that we truly want to do because we believe that we can't. And getting past that belief that we can't do something or we won't do something or we will do something that we don't want to do, that is it's lifelong work, my friends. It's lifelong work to learn to see yourself in a different way. You know, a long time ago when this was the Let's Run podcast, I used to talk all the time about how much time it took me to not see myself as a quitter. I grew up and when I was growing up, I, I quit everything. I mean, I truly quit everything, everything I started, everything that was hard, everything that gave me even the slightest amount of resistance, I would simply quit. I was in t-ball for a couple of maybe weeks, I don't even think it was that long, and I quit. I took piano lessons for maybe a couple of months and I quit. I went to college and I quit. I had built up so much evidence in my mind of all these times that I had quit that I actually identified myself as a quitter. It wasn't even that I quit. It wasn't even a verb anymore. It was an actual job description. It was, it was simply how I saw myself. And yet, it wasn't a fact. It was an opinion. It was a belief that I held about myself that little by little, over time, I was able to change. There are things that you think about yourself, that you believe about yourself, that you tell yourself is true, that you might even call yourself as, as a title as opposed to a description that are not true, that you can change if you want to. I mean, that always, uh, that's always what it comes down to. There are things that you might think about yourself, like I'm a cat lover. I have no interest in changing that thought about myself. I'm gonna go ahead and hang on to that belief until, uh, as far as I can tell, for the rest of my life, because I, because I like to like cats. But, that, but there are beliefs that you have about yourself that aren't serving you, that are stopping you from getting the things that you really want, from getting your fitness goals. So, so what can you do about that? What can you do about something that feels so true and so believable? Well, learning to trust yourself is, it's very similar to the process of changing your opinions. I mean, if you do go back and listen to the facts versus opinions, the first thing you have to do is hear it, and then you have to pick what you want to think instead, and then you have to practice it. But here on that picking what you want to think instead and practicing, 
there's actually a little bit more to it. Learning to trust yourself starts the same way. You still have to figure out where you don't trust yourself. You have to listen for that clue that says, oh, I don't think I'll go back to exercising if I take a day off. I don't think I'll be able to eat healthy if I drop off the wagon even once. Listen for the times when you are not trusting yourself and you'll realize where they are. Identifying, identifying what's going on is always the first step. But in the layer of figuring out what you want to think and what you want to do instead, there's kind of four other steps that you're going to take. Number one is don't make promises that you're not going to keep. And I know that this sounds, I mean, kind of obvious, right? You know, of course you don't mean to make promises to yourself that you're not going to keep. And yet, we all do it in little ways all the time. Think about a time when you've set your alarm and you're like, I'm definitely going to get up in the morning. I'm going to get my workout in. I'm going to make this happen. And yet, you know, there's a teeny part of your brain that's like, well, I could hit snooze. Well, I could probably do it tomorrow instead. You're already kind of giving yourself an out. Well, my friends, then don't make the promise to yourself. I know you think that it's better to make that promise like, oh, uh, but of course I want to get up in the morning. I want to work out. Of course I should make that promise to myself. But if you know on any level that that might not happen, do not make that promise. Yes, what I'm telling you is to lower your standards. <laughs> I think, I think don't make promises that you're not going to keep sounds better, but it's completely true that what I'm telling you is to lower your standards. When you make promises to yourself, make them so easy to follow through on that it's ridiculous, that there's no way in the world that you couldn't possibly make this happen. That's how you can start building up the trust in yourself when you make a promise and follow through again and again and again. And it doesn't matter if they're teeny tiny promises. It doesn't matter if it's something as simple as I'm going to set the alarm for two minutes earlier because you know you can do that. You'll do it. And then you can follow through a little bit more on that day after day after day, or maybe even not day after day, but week after week, specifically on the getting up early example here, that if you set your alarm for two minutes earlier, that's no big deal. And then in another week or so, you set your alarm for two minutes earlier than that. Still not difficult because you've already gotten in the habit. Then in another week or two after that, maybe bump it to five minutes earlier. Before you know it, you will be waking up 30 minutes earlier than you used to. You'll have that 30 minutes that you knew you weren't going to keep by setting it for the whole 30 minutes at a time but by setting it for little tiny increments, you were able to keep your promises to yourself. So thinking about the promises that you keep to yourself, this is the, the pre-step, is thinking about the promises that you keep to yourself, that you want to keep to yourself, and then thinking about how you're gonna do it and following through. 
number two is super closely related. It's to keep the promises that you do make to yourself. So don't make promises that you're not going to keep and then do keep the promises that you make. By making small promises to yourself, you'll be able to build on this habit. And then once you've been doing this for a while, number three is so important. Acknowledge and celebrate the fact that you are keeping your promises. This is so much more important than I think most people realize, and it's the step that you are most likely to skip. It's something that we actually talk about a fair amount in a couple of different places, a couple of different groups that I have. I have my free Facebook group that I tell you about all the time, The Killer Beehive, and I do certainly talk about it in there, but I also have a paid coaching and accountability group called the Get Your Goal group, and it's something that every single week I ask the members of that group to look for and acknowledge the wins in the week because it's hard to do. But when you start looking for wins, you'll actually find them. Your brain is meant to solve problems. We have talked about this before, about how your your upper brain evolved in order to both look for and solve problems. So when you ask your brain a question, its entire job is to find evidence of what you're asking for. When you say, have I done something, you know, in the last three days that felt good? Your brain's going to go find something. In fact, when I just ask you that question right now, have I done something in the last three days that made me feel good? What'd you come up with? Your brain found it immediately, didn't it? Maybe it took a minute. I mean, you know, it's going to take practice here. But, But you were able to find something, weren't you? Learning how to look for wins and acknowledge them as wins, as ways that you have kept your promises, as ways that you have not made promises that you couldn't keep, is something that will change the way you think about yourself. It is... I mean, there's only four steps, but it's definitely it's definitely in the top five of important steps for this process of learning how to trust yourself. When you get in the habit of looking for your wins, you will start to see them everywhere. One time, my husband and I were on a long road trip. We were, it was when we were first, first married. Uh, we got married in May, and then in August, he, we, he was in the Army, and he had to go to Officer Basic. And uh, he was training over in Missouri, and we lived in Washington at the time. And so we drove across country because that's what you do when you're in your 20s and you have free time and energy to spare. Now that sounds utterly exhausting, but we made it there like super fast. And actually we drove home even faster because we had someplace to be on a specific date. But anyways, we were driving there and there are a couple of things that I really vividly remember about this trip. I mean, we had a great time. It was so much fun. We were super young. I mean, we had no kids. It was just a road trip. It was fun. We ate snacks. We talked. We stayed in hotels. It was, it was exciting adventure, you know. But one of the things I remember is we were in the middle of what felt like nowhere, and it must have been. I'm thinking it was New Mexico. I don't know that for sure, but I know it was a long, flat stretch of road. And I remember, for no reason that I can come up with off the top of my head, I remember thinking to myself and then saying out loud, hey, you know what? We haven't seen a red car all day. 
I have no idea why that was important to me. It's a joke that we make so frequently now, though, because of this phenomenon. No sooner were those words out of my mouth. Within the next, I'm going to say, two to three minutes, there's a red car. There's a red car. There's another red car. Oh, look, a red car. My husband was making fun of me because, I mean, again, we were young and we teased each other and it's hilarious, you know. But but it's so true. As soon as you start thinking about and focusing on something, it's all you're going to see. Your brain is constantly searching for evidence to prove you right. Your brain wants to be right. I mean, it's not just you thinking that you always want to be right about things. Your brain actually wants to be right about things. So when you say something like, how did I win? How did I do well? How did I trust myself this week or today or this month? Your brain's going to go looking for evidence of that and it's going to find it. It's absolutely going to find it because it's there. There are already ways in which you are not making promises that you can't keep and keeping the promises that you have made. You just have to go looking for the evidence of it. And on this step, I strongly recommend that you write them down. Because again, until this becomes a habit, until this becomes something that you do regularly, you might practice it once a week, once a day, once a month, once a whatever. But if you're not making a thing of it, if you're not writing it down or acknowledging it or seeking, you know, maybe even exterior approval from, for example, your coach in your accountability group, you might not notice how all these wins are adding up. You might not notice that you are stacking win after win after win after win in your favor because you're not used to looking for that. Even looking for the wins isn't as strong as acknowledging them and consistently looking for them and then acknowledging that you've been consistently looking for the wins. This is, this is a process that's going to take some time. Simply, you know, not making promises to yourself one time isn't going to suddenly lead to this, you know, this floodgate open of, of trust that you have for yourself. Simply keeping your promise to yourself once or twice isn't enough to suddenly, now I believe that everything I do is going to be the thing that I do. Acknowledging your wins is also going to take some time and effort on your part. And then number four, step number four, might be the hardest part, but is, uh, well, okay, you know what, they're all, they're all important, <laughs> and I always do this, you know what, when I give you lists like this, I've noticed this about myself, I always, I get to the, you know, the middle or the end of the list, and I'm always like, and this one's even more important, they're all important, every step I ever give you is all very important, can we just like blanket lay that out there? <laughs> But this one, this one really is. <laughs> Number four is to forgive yourself for the failures. Not just the ones that happen right this minute, but all of them ever. Forgiving yourself, and I know that we just talked about this somewhat recently. I think, uh, was it the self-care episode? I'm pretty sure we just talked about it when we talked about self-care. Forgiving yourself has absolutely no downside. It is very difficult, or you think it's going to be very difficult to do because you haven't practiced it yet. And I'm, that's funny. That was funny. You guys, I was just about to acknowledge this as some sort of fact. Oh, it's so hard to forgive yourself. And yet, you know what? I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. I practice forgiving myself all the time, and it has gotten ridiculously easy to do. 
You know why? Because I practice it. Just like every skill we talk about, just like acknowledging your wins, just like keeping your promises, just like thinking a new thought, all it takes is practice. Sticking with something and practicing it. Do you know how good I would be at the piano right now if I had stuck with it? I'd probably not be amazing, but I'd be better than I am, which is to say that I don't play the piano. Forgiving yourself for everything, not just your failures, but your, your slight failures, the times when you've kind of let yourself down, the kind of time when you kind of let somebody else down. Every single thing that you can think of that might need to be forgiven, forgive yourself for it. This is, this is going to take some time. This is going to take some practice. This is also, in my opinion, going to take a list. I, you guys, I love me a list. I really do. I love writing things down and then checking them off. When you make a list, and it, it could be a long list. When I made a list of things that I needed to forgive myself for, it was, I mean, it was pages. It was pages of just little things, big things, things that I hadn't thought of in years, all kinds of stuff. When I made the list, first of all, making the list felt horrifying. It felt like I wanted to throw up. I didn't want to think about any of those things that I might need to forgive myself for. But then I went through and every single one of them, I read it out loud to myself in my head, which is not out loud at all. I read it to myself in my head and I said, I forgive you. And it took me a while to go through the list and there were very few items on that list that I felt forgiven for right away. It did not magically make me feel less yucky about almost any of them. There was probably one or two like really tiny things that it was like, okay, yeah, you know, I can let that go. I, I forgive myself for that. But the other things, the bigger things, it took practice. I had to go through that list again and again, but eventually the things on that list got check marks next to them. I could mark it off as something that I have forgiven myself for and therefore don't need to dredge up yucky feelings about, don't need to lay awake at night feeling bad about, don't need to feel anxious or sick or angry or frustrated or like I want to stuff that feeling down anymore. It's forgiven. It's done. It's in the past. Forgiving yourself for all of the ways that you have not followed through, all of the ways that you have taught yourself not to trust yourself, all of the times that you think add up to this belief that if you take a day off of exercise that you'll never come back to it. Forgive yourself for that. Beating yourself up serves absolutely no purpose. None. I know that we, I mean, we spend so much time when our kids are little teaching them that actions have consequences, words have consequences, and that is true. They have rather immediate consequences. I mean, I can think of things that I needed to forgive myself for where, you know, I'm not friends with that person anymore, or that's a relationship that I permanently damaged because of something that I said or did. But that doesn't mean that I need to constantly be putting it in front of myself and constantly reminding myself of how I did one thing one time that wasn't up to my own standards. Forgive yourself for things that you have done. Because when you do, I tell you what, my friend, it frees you up 
to move forward. You have no idea how much those past thoughts are holding you back and weighing you down. When you can forgive yourself for that time when you quit on your diet, when you can forgive yourself for that time when you thought you were going to train for a marathon and then you didn't because it was harder than you thought or you had less time than you thought or whatever happened, forgive yourself. And then when you realize that that was something that happened in the past because of reasons that that happened, that, that you cannot control now from, from this part of your life, it frees you up to maybe try that thing again, to set yourself either that same goal or a different goal. Set yourself whatever goal you want that strikes your fancy because you have forgiven yourself for not meeting that standard that you used to have. Now, now that you've forgiven yourself, you can move forward with your lower standard by not making promises that you're not going to keep, by keeping the promises that you do make, by acknowledging and celebrating your wins because now you know how to look for them, and and forgiving yourself again and again and again if maybe this time doesn't go well, if maybe next time doesn't go well, if maybe the next 30 times you're still working on this process of learning how to trust yourself. Here's the great news. When you start this process of learning how to trust yourself, you're going to open yourself up to, well, first of all, you're going to open yourself up to a lot of yucky feelings too. I mean, I realize that. When you make the list of the promises that you haven't been keeping to yourself or the, the, the things that you need to forgive yourself for, the ways that you don't trust yourself, it's going to feel really yucky. That, that part's not going to feel amazing. But as you work through this process, as you find these ways that you've been speaking to yourself, these opinions that you have held of yourself, and as you inch forward a little bit at a time, lowering your standards, following through, looking for ways that you've won, you've won forgiving yourself for your fails, every time from here forward that you fail, it's going to be a little bit easier to pick up and move forward again because you will have started this process of knowing what to do to move forward towards success. Some areas of my life, specifically the area where I thought, and I'm, it's full past tense at this point, it's fully past tense where I thought that I was a quitter, that I quit things. In fact, it's, it's kind of funny to even think that I used to hold that belief about myself, that that used to hold so much power over what I did in the present tense because, well, I've, I've quit everything before. I'll quit this too. I, there's no point in getting involved in this because I'll just quit it. I haven't had those kind of thoughts in... At this point, I think I'm going to say years. I know for, I mean, it's well over months. I would, I would really have to think hard about the last time that I thought of myself as a quitter. It's kind of amazing how far you'll be able to come and, and not notice it until you look back and acknowledge that, that you don't have that belief about yourself anymore. So I'm curious, what, what area of your life do you notice that you don't fully trust yourself? Is it eating? Is it exercise? Is it getting up early? I mean, there's, there's lots of little things that we do 
that we don't quite trust ourselves. So what is the area that you're going to work on with lowering your standards? <laughs> best advice ever. Lowering your standards, acknowledging your wins, and forgiving yourself. I would love to hear, you guys. I always love to hear from you. I mean, I know I say this at the end of every episode, but truly, I love to know how you're putting this kind of work into your life. Where is this fitting in with how you see yourself and how are you using the information to move forward? I love to share in your amazing success stories. Come find me on social. Come find me. I mean, if you're interested at the bottom of every single one of my emails, if you're not on my email list, there's an easy way to get on my email list. Go to my website. It's paulabfitness.com. Sign up for any of the emails. But at the bottom of every email, there's a way to come and join the Get Your Goal group. Also, come see what it's like. Come see what it feels like to hold yourself accountable and and share your wins and get some coaching along the way too. You guys, you guys. Actually, you know, now that I've said that, I mean, now that I've made a full-on pitch for the Get Your Goal group, it's not even that hard as signing up for my emails. Open up the description box. I will have a link for you that's super easy to find out about the Get Your Goal group. That would be so much simpler for both of us. You guys, thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you.